The French language can be found recorded and preserved in a lot of places these days. Do you remember the French word or phrase you heard for the first time? Was it from a relative at home? Or maybe in school? Maybe it was from music. Perhaps it was from cartoons on TV. Ah, the petite femme skunk. The rendezvous, no? Or maybe commercials on TV. Je suis la jeune fille. Yes, that's French they're speaking. And no, these children aren't French. They're American. Or was it from stories or movies? Listen, Kev, what are you so worried about? You know mom's going to pack your stuff anyway. You're what the French call les incompetents. What? For Kent Bone, it was at home with his grandmother. He even remembers the exact word. It's wapudi. It means rotten wood. Wapudi. But it's a bird. And the reason I remember, because they leave in the fall, they come back in the spring, and it's about the same week every year. I'm sitting out in the yard talking to my grandma Bonnie. She goes, shut up, the Bwapudis are back. I go, what? She said, the Bwapudis. I said, I, said, I hear whippoorwills. <laughs> and then she told me what it meant, rotten wood. Bwa is wood, and pudi means rotten. To the French, that's what it sounded like they were saying. Yeah, Bwapudi, Bwapudi. Whippoorwills. Kent actually speaks a very specific kind of French that has developed into its own dialect in southeast Missouri, particularly in the unincorporated Old Mines community. The dialect is called Papa French, and Kent says he started learning it when he was five or six, but the language goes far back in his family tree. My grandparents actually grew up next door. That's how I found this place. And uh, my grandpa was telling me about his grandma, and I stopped. I go, you had a grandma? I never thought about it, because if he was in his 60s, wow, it does go back. Papa French, also called Illinois Country French or Colonial French, in fact, dates back to the 18th century. Of course, Papa French isn't the only dialect particular to Missouri. Maybe you've heard of Herman German, but Papa French is unique because it was still used fairly frequently into the 20th century. Today, you'd be hard-pressed to find the language in use. But press on we must. We want to find out how the Missouri-French dialect came about, why it's going extinct, and is there anyone else besides Kent who remembers or cares? Welcome to Show Me the State, the program where we explore the strange, misunderstood stories of Missouri's past and try to figure out what really happened, why it happened, and how that shaped the state today. I'm Christopher Houston. You're listening to the Show Me the State podcast from KBIA 91.3 FM. Find more episodes on KBIA.org or any of your podcast apps. Back to the show. We can't talk about Papa French without talking about the lead belt of Missouri. 
Old Mines sits in the southeast Missouri Lead District, often called the Lead Belt, about an hour and a half south of St. Louis. Way back in the 1600s, the large swath of land that stretches from the Gulf of Mexico up and west to Montana is originally inhabited by various indigenous tribes. Well, the French came down the Mississippi River for the first time in 1673 that we know of. That's Will Thompson, a French professor at the University of Memphis and a board member of the Center for French Colonial Studies. Will works closely with Kent to document the history of the French settlers who moved into old mines in the 17th and 18th centuries. So the Spanish had Mexico and uh, Central and South America, of course. The British had the East Coast of the United States. So the French wanted to have a presence in this vast territory beyond the St. Lawrence Valley, which is now Quebec. And so they started exploring, trading, Uh, along the Mississippi River and its tributaries. At first, something special catches the eye of the French explorers when they venture into the Old Mines area. With the help of the indigenous people, the French see glistening glimmers of silver sitting right on the surface of the earth. We know that there was awareness on the part of the French about mining before 1700, we have accounts mm. uh, talking about lead being present in the area. They had tested it. They knew what it, it would be uh, something that could be mined. Lead is in high demand because it's used to make ammunition. Lead helps fund France's wars. Not only that, the explorers unknowingly have stumbled upon a motherload of lead ore in the country. The discovery draws more settlers to the old mines area and eventually started settling uh, towards the end of the 17th, the beginning of the 18th century. Life for these French miners isn't glamorous or easy. The old mines area is remote and the community is small. Any amenities or comforts are hard won. It is not fun. No air conditioning, uh, nothing to fight off the hordes of mosquitoes, which were frequently mentioned in writings of the time. That would have been very unpleasant. Uh, There were diseases, of course. Many people suffered from malaria, for example. Uh, But life was hard. The communities of French-speaking settlers band together to survive, and in doing so, plant the roots of Papa French. Let's take a moment to talk about the name, Paw Paw French. Remember, the dialect has a few different names, Illinois Country French, Colonial French, etc. But what does Paw Paw French mean? I think it was an insult in the early days by the Americans against the French because they ate Paw Paws, but everybody eats eats Paw Paws. It's called the Ozark Banana. And the word Paw Paw is actually an Indian word. It's Algonquin. It it became self-identifying after so many generations. Since Old Mines was part of the French territory, it only makes sense that French was the dominant language there. But what makes Papa French different than traditional French? Most of the differences come down to specific vocabulary, but there's a sound difference as well. It sounds like Quebec French. I'm going to give you an example. So the word for uh, me and you, in like Louisiana and in like uh, France, parts of France, is moi puis toi, or moi et toi, me and you. Now here they would say moi puis toi. And I've also heard moi puis toi in Quebec. 
an old documentary Kent owns has some of the language recorded. Est-ce que le monde chantait dans ce temps-là? Il faisait quoi? Est-ce qu'il savait chanter? Chanter? Oui. Oh oui, le monde chantait, puis ils sont sautés gays, ils sont ici happy. Avec ça, l'on dans ce temps-là, comme ils sont stuff. C'est tas du monde. Old Minds proved to be the perfect place for a dialect to grow and flourish. Dialects usually develop in insulated places where traditions and rituals are insular from the surrounding area. Since the French settled thousands of miles away from Canada, let alone France, the Old Minds residents started coming up with their own terms and jargon, which slowly developed into Papa French. The miners out here in the in the small villages, they called them voisinage, because okay. voisin is your neighbor, and voisinage is a neighborhood. And I was told once that's not a real French word because it wasn't in their Parisian dictionary. <laughs> I said we're not in Paris. <laughs> now that we know a bit about the language, let's talk about how it was used and how it thrived in old mines. The 1700s through the 1800s was really the epic of Papa French in old mines. During those times, Papa French was supported by four cultural forces: storytelling, house parties, music, and church. Let's start with church. The Catholic Church, to be specific, served as the beating heart of the old mines community. It's what tied the entire place together. It is where people met. Uh, uh, both for religious reasons and for social reasons. Uh, it was where marriages occurred, where births and deaths were recorded, where people were buried. So it had a prime, primary role, really, in keeping the identity of the community alive. The second place Papa French thrives? In the stories. Since work as a miner was so hard, the French often liked to tell outlandish folktales while digging in the mines. The men were on the diggings, there were very few women. And when they stopped, when it was noon, they'd knock off for an hour or so. They're French. They're not workaholics. <laughs> that was part of the French culture. You were supposed to have a good time in life. That's Rosemary Hyde, one of the few remaining experts on Papa French. She visited old mines in the 1970s to document folk tales passed down through the generations there, as well as the language itself. She published those stories, both in English and in Papa French, in 1982. So they'd knock off for an hour or so, and as they were eating whatever they brought from home, one of the main things they did was they shared old stories. So the stories got, I'm sure... Uh, embroidered on and elaborated on and sometimes probably created on the diggings. And the guys, you know, this this was part of the, an integral part of the conversation. And, you know, it was kind of competitive. Who was the best storyteller? Who could, who could do the best job on a particular story? Who could bring out a new story? These stories are often fables or tall tales with moral lessons. And they also fit into the rich folk culture of parties and music, our third and fourth pillars of Papa French. Folk music is known for great storytelling, and Papa French songs are no different. 
Old Mines residents would gather to sing and drink and gamble at house parties called bouillons. It's just meant to be like, let's play cards and drink and dance, and we're going to have this for you. Bouillons weren't the only time music was present in French celebrations. In Old Mines, a yearly tradition called the Guillonet brings together the French's love of partying, food, community, and most importantly, music. Now this was uh, New Year's Eve, and you dress up, disguise yourself a little bit, you go house to house, and uh, there's a song, and there's a dance. The song's about 18 verses long, and it's a repetitive, it's a song, a chanson de répondre. The, the leader sings it, verse, and then everybody else answers. Bonsoir la maître, la maîtresse, et tous les mondes du logis. Si That modern version just there is performed by Dennis Stromat. He was once an outsider to the Old Mines area, but during his college years, he began learning the music and the culture of the area. I come from an area near Vincennes, Indiana, where I said, well, there's a little French music. I said, I'm curious if you have any music. And they're like, oh, yeah, music, music, music. Dennis had just picked up the fiddle, which is the instrument in much of American French folk music. And he starts to learn papa French alongside the stylings of the Creole fiddle. The Papa French songs often have dark themes and morbid endings. We're talking murder ballads, suicide, being eaten by animals, being eaten by werewolves, you know, uh, drownings, accidental deaths, uh, deaths due to weather. Dennis says the songs reflected real life, and that's why when he was learning the songs from the Old Mines residents, it had to be done in Papa French. It's hard to express the emotion of some of these songs if you do not understand the language. One song is called La Belle Blondine and tells the story of a young woman who becomes upset with her father, kills him, and buries him under the house. A man comes looking for the father, like, take him off to war. And, and so the, the, the Belle Blanche, she lies to the man, says that her father's already left and gone off to war. And he responds, well, then why is your father's horse still tied up to the tree outside? And they eventually find the father who has been buried under the house in the cellar. Eventually, at the end of the song, the Belle Blondine is hung from that tree. There's also a moral of that story, too, is if you lie, there will be terrible consequences. We'll be right back.
You're listening to our award-winning podcast, Show Me the State, from KBIA 91.3 FM. You can find more episodes on KBIA.org on any of your podcast apps or even Spotify. We delve into a lot of Missouri history with some of our most knowledgeable experts. Just search for Show Me the State. Okay, back to the program. Papa French language and culture is such a large part of life in old mines. So how then does it start to die? And if anyone, how many people are left speaking it today? Before answering that, it's worth noting that it is far from the only language on the brink of extinction in America or even Missouri. The United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization has published what it calls the Atlas of the World's Languages in Danger, which catalogs dying languages and the number of speakers still left. According to the Atlas, there are over 170 languages in danger in the United States, many of them indigenous languages. In general, during the 20th century, smaller localized speech patterns have been on the decline. People are adopting larger, more regional or widespread speech patterns. That story tracks similarly for Papa French. In the late 19th century and early 20th century, Old Mines is still a mainly French-speaking area, but English is on the rise as cities get bigger. St. Louis in particular grows uh, exponentially, largely by an English-speaking population. And so the French become very quickly a minority and get assimilated into the larger population. That simply doesn't happen with Old Mines. Then the school system gets involved. In 1920, mm. a law was passed in, in Missouri that every kid had to go to school in English. And when they were, the French kids who were in school, their teachers beat them when they spoke French and uh, ridiculed them when they spoke French and really made their life miserable anytime they spoke French. Can you imagine the surprise to these little five-year-old Creole kids when they went to school? found out English wasn't the language of the United States. Yeah, because the teachers was telling them in English, you can't speak French anymore, you have to speak English, and all the kids was hearing this. They didn't understand a word. But then they got slapped a lot, too. This systemic distaste towards a non-English language effectively removes young people from spreading the language through new generations and is the first step in the decline of Papa French. There is also a growing shame among Old Mines residents that their dialect isn't classy French and their legacy isn't worth preserving. They were really embarrassed to death that they didn't speak good French, quote-unquote. They didn't speak real French, quote-unquote. They had learned by because they'd been made fun of and mocked, you know, and put down as stupid because they spoke French. They had learned that speaking French was a real detriment. While Rosemary is collecting stories for her book, she finds herself teaching the aging residents what a dialect is and that it's worth saving. And also teaching them that their dialect was one of the uh, linchpins in defining how French was spoken by ordinary people in the 1700s and 1800s. Hmm. So part of the project was to 
assure them that, hey, you know, the fact that they spoke French, that was really special. And they were perfectly wonderful people. So we have an aging population, a younger generation not practicing or using the dialect in school, and a stigma about the dialect's perceived shortcomings. Also, Old Mines is slowly connecting to the bigger cities, and its livelihood of mining is phasing out. Without that insular economy of mining, residents are forced to connect more with the outside, English-speaking world for work. Highways and transportation also improve. Papa French is starting to disappear. Its final breaths live only on party-line phones, where Papa French speakers can chat with each other without the concern of prying ears. Uh, in an age where there wasn't any TV, radio, of course, came about during that time frame, um, people listened in on the party line for amusement. Hmm. And the French people, when they were talking among each other, talked French so that only people who spoke French would understand what they were saying. Eventually, Old Minds catches up with the times and switches to a single-party phone system, which proved to be the final blow to Papa French. That was the end. Hmm. There was no more context in which the language, you know, had a, had a real usefulness to people. So it became a souvenir. It became symbolic rather than living. The death of the language also meant the deaths of those who spoke it, which was hard on people like Rosemary, Dennis, and Kent, who know these people like family. In the late 80s, the whole generation, except for these two brothers and a couple others that have died recently, who were the generation that learned French first and English when they went to school, would have been the aughts, the teens, and the 20s. So when you had the people at the end of the 20s, maybe the early 30s, when, when a generation starts dying, they pretty much die off in a decade, just like. So between eight, 1980 and 1990, it was like, there's only five or six from hundreds. Essentially, Kent, Rosemary, Dennis, and Will say Papa French is dead, at least as a way of communication. Only a handful of people alive can still speak it. Its ghost still lingers over the people of Old Minds, though, many of whom remember words or phrases they picked up from their grandparents, or snippets of songs they heard as children. Ripples of the language still exist, though. Its roots run deep. Yes, sadly, the, the language has disappeared. However, um, what's very interesting to me is that you can go to old mines and if you talk to somebody and ask the right questions or say the right word, you may get a, a, a reaction. But the French language and culture lives on through people like Rosemary, who studied and documented it. It's one of my languages. It's kind of weird that a foreigner is one of the last people that know how to speak it. <laughs> and people like Dennis, preserving the music and ballads of the era. Let me tell you something. One time I was doing a festival in New York a few years ago, and I decided to do the song Chefetti Maitresa. The I Found the Maiden, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's my favorite. And as I was singing the song, this guy at the end of the row 
um, named Yves Lambert, who's one of the godfathers of Quebecois folk music. He leans down and he looks down the row at me while I'm singing. The guy almost had tears in his eyes. He goes, that's a song, that's one of our old, old, oldest songs. He said, it's like from my grandmother's generation. He said, almost no one does that song anymore. How do you know that song? And I was like, it's from Missouri. And he said, and that's amazing. He said that you have that and that your people have that. A treasure, one to really hold dear. And it lives on through the people like Kent, preserving the culture and the history of the people there. Well, the culture's not dead. As long as there's people having a bouillon or uh, other things, which I can't really get too specific with because it's subtle. I like to say as long as one person speaks one word of French, it's not over. Show Me the State is produced at KBIA at the Missouri School of Journalism. Alex Stutson produced this episode. The supervising producer and reporter is me, Christopher Husted. Our managing editor is Ryan Fumuliner. Our theme music was created by Columbia band Loose Loose. Rosemary Hyde's book is called It's Good to Tell You, French Folktales from Missouri. Musician Dennis Stromat has recorded some of the Papa French songs for the Library of Congress. He even writes new ones. Thanks to Kent Bone for sharing some of his recordings. Special thanks to University of Missouri Linguistics professor Matthew Gordon. Thanks also to the Reynolds Journalism Institute and to the Kinder Institute on Constitutional Democracy. <laughs>